All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining in to another episode of Born Again Bow Hunting Podcast. Um, today we have an actual guest on the, guest. the phone. Our it's, first, yeah, first phone call. So it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have him <laughs> introduce himself here in a little bit. But first, we want to go over a couple of our sponsors. Kick yeah, it off. I'll, I'll kick us off. So go I'm going to talk about Premier Outdoors in Mount Hope, Ohio. If anybody is in the northeastern Ohio uh, area, definitely check out. Premier. Even Central Ohio. Yeah, it's, it actually Ohio. is more central. It's, to be honest, it is northeast. It's yeah, it's northeast for the the state in general, <laughs> but for like us, it's like kind of more central yeah. Ohio yeah. <laughs> for yeah. us, like where we live at. It's but, a yeah. local shop. Yeah, you know, archery, guns, fishing, yep. camping, a lot of backpacking stuff, like out west stuff. Yep. They have a great boot selection of crispies. Best boot Kenda selection tracks, I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of anybody else around that has Krispies. I don't think they do. No. I don't no. think they I think they're the only store. Well, not only Krispies, but they have, what, are they Lowe's or Loa's? Yeah. Is it Lowe's? Not, yeah. And then they have, you know, Whites and... Yeah. They have, I mean, any high-end Western boot you can think of, they have in stock. Yeah. And then also just like in general, like if compared to a Cabela's, Premier has high quality stuff. It's definitely higher end quality. It's not like just your middle of the road box store. Like they have high end companies, especially in the archery department, which you know we're all really familiar yep, with. Yep. You're gonna get Excel, better. Yeah. You you're know, gonna get B three. They've got actually one of the best handheld release selections I've seen, um, compared to like a lot of even other ones in the area. Yep, so yep. if you're looking for like high quality archery equipment, especially archery and high end bows that place is from where they're located is surprisingly one of the best I've ever seen. I yeah, agree. I agree. I agree. So if you are in the, and if and honestly the shop is just a nice shop, just walk through it and see all he's got so many mounts and such a smaller compared to like, you know, some of the bigger ones. He's it's got a more lot of mounts. Of, it's more of like a mom and pop setting. Yeah. Yep. A little bit bigger so than a standard mom it's, and pop. It's, but. it's yeah, it's bigger than a mom and pop, but it's not like you're Thin yeah, or Cabela's yeah. or something like that. Yeah, not a big box store. No, no, no. Yeah. So Buy. if you want to spend your money local, yeah, and support a, a great company, yep, go check out Premier Outdoors in and Mount Hope, Ohio. Get high quality stuff, and they have an awesome. Like if you bring the wife or the kids, like Yeti selection is awesome too. Oh yeah, they got great like cups in the bags. Even like, and... even like uh, you got that uh, frisbee can thing. There. Yeah, a can jam. They've got like a little. Yeah. They got like outdoor for... games yep. and like yeah. some softball stuff. Yeah, and, and camping stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great. It's a great. They also have a techno hunt too. Yeah, so you can mm-hmm. bring your bow, bring yes. a couple buddies, a and do a techno hunt too. Yeah, and it's it's fairly reasonable. I think I don't quote me on this, but I think it's like ten bucks an hour yeah, or something. Yeah, it's not bad at all. You can just shoot until your arms fall off. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fun. And just don't forget to change the tip on your arrow. <laughs> don't shoot their. Don't shoot their. <laughs> yeah, no mat. broadheads, no field points. <laughs> yeah, no, they'll, they'll supply blind. the tips for you. Yes. Yeah. So check out Premier. Premier's great. All right, well, next on the list, Zach, you want to touch on uh, yeah, Rogue? Yeah, we can go through Rogue. So, yeah, Rogue Bow Strings has been with us from the very beginning. Um, High-quality strings, uh, very competitive uh, string market in Ohio, surprisingly, but those guys are still great, and they have been, they've just been there. For, like, they, they never have faltered with us with any equipment. No. Like, they always no. have supplied us with the best strings, and, uh, yeah, they're awesome. And if you're looking for a high-quality string, check those guys out. Yep, I'm cool with Rogue. Yep, they're great Rogue's guys. Great. Yep, absolutely. And they got a sweet color selection too. Pretty much oh, anything, yeah. anything you can anything imagine. You want. 
and they then they, if you like, uh, one of they have a they have, they have some unique colors too. Like they're only for rogue. Like the, the rogue, rogue camo. Yeah, it's like orange and blue speckled. I've got I run that on my target bow. That's so sweet. They've actually got some like specific colors. I see they threw line. out some maybe some new. Like they're running some new camos. Yeah, they stuff. have like they have like a few different special camos it's like, too. Yeah, it's like specialty camo yeah. speckled stuff that looks actually pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah, check them out on Instagram and Facebook, Facebook and everything website, else. All the socials are there. Bowstrings.com. Yep. yep. And then one thing I'm excited for this year is are the broadheads, the kudus. Yep. Mm. I have no experience with them, but in Kentucky they perform well. Yep. And from hearing stories in the past, they've performed really well. You're and actually going to be able to use one very soon. I know. Here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yes, a week? Or a week. Yeah, yeah, a week. Yeah. We had in Indiana. Shoot, that's coming um, quick. One yeah. good thing about these is they come really sharp out of the box. Oh. I've seen some yeah, broadheads that come, and, man, they have this big burr on it. They're, yep. they're quote-unquote sharp, but, man, you couldn't hardly cut a piece of paper. It more tears than anything <laughs> yep. else. Yep. It's it's rough. But the, the kudus, um, I'm running the 125s with the bleeder this year, and they're pretty sharp. Yeah. Yeah, be careful when you pull them out of a target because yeah. actually, like, kudu's designed to cut in and then also cut out. Like, if a deer's running or anything like that or an elk or whatever you shoot it with is running. the backside of the so, blade. So, yeah, as as it's running, if the arrow would ever be in large or in – if the arrow would ever be in the animal, as it's wiggling itself around, you're cutting – Back and forth. Like bow, a, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a saw, like basically. A saw. Yeah. So, if you stick your hand on the target – Go to pull the arrow out. Be careful. I have cut my finger very poorly. I've I've done bad. that as well, and it bled for a yeah, long time. It bled time. for a long time. Yeah. So when yeah, don't forget your eyes and field tips. So when you put your hand against the target and you pull the arrow out to you don't know, do that. Don't no. do that. No, <laughs> don't not a good that. idea. So you're gonna feel like a deer for a second. If anybody's looking for a cut on contact, check out Kudu Point. And um, they fly well. Good. They fly good. They too. tune well. Yeah. 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 They fly good. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and uh, KudoPointBroadheads.com. And they're pretty reasonable price compared to other like, like higher end yeah, like custom iron broadheads. Or whatever, yeah. Like yeah. hundred dollars for three of them. These so, guys are so, yeah. yeah. Right. These are very reasonable for yeah. very reasonable for the quality. Yes. Yeah. So if you want a higher end broadhead, it's not with, hundred dollars without spending hundred dollars for three of them. Yeah. Yep. Definitely check out KudoPoint. Yep. They're nice. And then the last sponsor that we want to talk Second, about. Second, I got one too, but go ahead. It's actually two. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about. It. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. So one. we'll do we'll do Trophy Line. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been hunting out of their saddles for man, like three or four years now. Don't quote me on that, but just a great company. Sean, uh, the owner over there, is just a great dude. He always treats us well. Um, they're coming out with so much new stuff this yeah. year. It's yeah. not even. Like they're, I was talking to Sean a little bit ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. They are releasing so much stuff that it's not even funny. Like, just be on the look for a lot like, of stuff. You're talking like accessories for the saddle so, hunting game and stuff, right? Yeah. So I don't want to give away too much, right? But they more of like a mobile hunters like one stop shop, mm. oh, not nice. just saddles. Nice. So they're coming out with some really cool stuff. That's going to be, honestly, like I was impressed. Cool. So, Trophy Line, check them out. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TrophyLine.com. And our last sponsor. Last and favorite sponsor is myself, Third Axis Designs. <laughs> right now, I'm still, I'm still pumping out some side plates for the Matthews. So, if you have a 2019 or newer Matthews bow 
right-handed only at the moment. I've got a lot of different colors. I, I came out with some new colors. That electric blue was dirty. Yeah, that electric nice. blue was sweet. Yeah, I really like that. And then a lot, like I have that like a flat dark earth color too. That yeah, one looks the pretty copper. Cool. Yeah, copper. It's almost like a FDE, honestly. But yeah, the yeah, I like that. That one's good. And then I keep saying this, but I promise, coming up very soon, I've got a bunch of accessories coming out that are not brand specific. They'll help any archer. Yep. That's coming out very soon. I'm getting my ducks in a row, and the printers will be printing. So. If you could follow me on Instagram and Facebook, just type in Third Axis Designs. Yep. I think there's me and I think there's uh, somebody up in Canada. I am not in Canada, so if you want to pick <laughs> mine, you know that. You see the logo on my head if you're watching this on YouTube. So yeah, I would appreciate the support and any follow. It once again is very much appreciated. Yep. Yep. So we'll get into the show. Well, let's get into the show. It's a very good one, guys, and it's it's good. All right, guys. Today uh, on the podcast, we have Jace Allen. Um, he spent 20 days down in Kentucky hunting public land um, after a deer. And killed and, an absolute giant. It, it, he did. So <laughs> we want to talk to him a little bit today about how he was able to do that and um, get some background on the on the deer and the story. So, yep. Um, yep. Jace, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Jace Allen. Uh, I was born in Bonterre, Missouri. Um been hunting with my dad ever since I was I was a kid. He used to, you know, carry me out in the woods whenever I couldn't walk or else I'd just fuss there around the house. Um and he uh he let I actually started going out on my own whenever I was uh fifteen and that's when I shot my first deer with a bow. So here we are. I'm uh twenty seven years old. Um today um I'm self employed. I'm uh, just kind of doing a whole array of things. I don't really have one thing that I'm too zoned in on yet. Um, still trying to figure out what I do whenever I grow up. <laughs> you're a deer hunter. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's whatever I can, whatever I can do to let me go deer hunting more. That's, that's what I'm concerned with. Still trying to figure it out, but we're getting there. When you, um, when you said you were 27, I think my jaw hit the ground, not saying that you look old, but the resume that you have from like i was i was creeping on your instagram and and i'm 27 and i'm just like this dude's got some giants like that that impressed me a lot when you just said you were 27 years old so i'm gonna sit back and listen to this one um let, let's uh where where can people find you on social media stuff like that real quick um, just, uh, Facebook, uh, Jace Allen, first and last name. And then, um, Instagram, uh, handle is nature of the beast. Um, those are the two platforms I'm most active on. Cool. Cool. And we'll link those down in the, yeah. in the description yeah, of the drop, podcast too, for anybody that wants to follow you and follow your stories. So wait, any other questions that you guys have for him before we get into this giant public land, Kentucky deer? Nothing for me. Okay. Not until we get into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So let's talk about my first question that I have, and then you guys can bounce ideas. That, you know, if you have any as well. But my my first question is: you you're you live in Missouri, correct? Yes. So and don't get into details on. Obviously, I don't want to know where the deer was. I don't want our viewers or listening to know where the deer was. I don't want to give away your your hunting spots. But I am curious: how did you locate the deer, especially a deer of that caliber? Was it I don't want to say 
100% I don't want to say it was luck. Obviously, you put the time in to kill this deer, but what, what did you do in order to find a deer of that caliber on public? So this was a, this was a little different kind of a deal. I usually, I usually hunt, you know, by my, by myself and, you know, do, do all that. You know, I, I enjoy hunting by myself, but, um, there's this guy, his name was Eric and he's been down there hunting in Kentucky for like the last two years or something. I just know him, uh, from social media and, he, uh, he sent me a picture of this deer and another deer that he had on trail camera down there. And so basically, he gave me a lead on these deer. Oh, dude, and... you better give that boy a big old handshake or something because <laughs> Applebee's gift card or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he gave me a, a lead on these deer. And so that's that's how I got there in the, in the first place because... I had been to Kentucky once before, I don't know, it was like 10 years ago. So this was the second time I've ever stepped foot in, in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. And it's like, uh, how far was is Kentucky from where you're living? From where I'm living? Uh, it's like six or so hours. Okay, so you, you had a bit of a drive. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you yeah. just... Yeah, it was, it was a little bit of drive. I mean... I, it it was definitely too far, too far for me to want to like go there and do like summer, you know, scouting of my own. Gotcha. Right. right. Gotcha. Um, so, let's see. Sorry, what? I forgot what I was where I was at. No, was, we was we were just going. talking about how you found the deer and you told us that your buddy sent you a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how the uh, that's how this all got got started. He was asking me like a year like a year prior to to go down there. Um, but I like just started going on my, you know, first out of state hunt, you know, kind of getting comfortable with that and wasn't really comfortable, like just, you know, completely taking off, you know, to another state. And plus at that time I didn't, didn't really have the time to spend down there. Not at least the amount of time that I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess before I'm just, I'm a curious person and I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask a question. Everybody's dying to know before we go any farther. What did that deer tape? Oh man. Do you guys want to guess? Um, huh. let me, I'm going to pull up here. I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at the Instagram again. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that that deer went, Oh, oh. I'm going to say high eighties, low nineties. That's what people guess on that deer. So he's he's got a 21 and a 22 inch main beam sitting on a 16 inch spread, um, a gross Boonacocka score of 182. Okay, yeah, nice. Okay, so I mean, still a giant. That's I a mean, giant. Yeah, public land deer. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah, it was it was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, dude. Where I'm looking one. at your picture right now, I'm just like so jealous. I think it's a tank. And I was telling Matt here when we were eating. That that thing looks like a Texas deer, like just the mm. frame structure of it kind of yeah, resembles yeah. a Texas deer, but kind of like yeah, it's it's a very Do, doesn't sweet deer. he he definitely has the time length over the mass, yeah. you know, and that's like it definitely makes him look kind of like a Texas deer for sure. Yeah, mm. I mean, and the deer was only like 140 pounds, also. Wow, wow. Really? that makes that rack even more. That's impressive. that's probably why wow. the deer looks that much bigger. Yeah, because like when you said 182, I was like, man, I don't. 
I just imagined say, it to be a lot bigger than that. I was looking at it. I was like, that thing's probably close to 200, <laughs> yeah. I thought. But that makes sense. It's a bomb. I've, I've gotten that one, too. I mean, a small, a small body and a good camera. Yeah. You know, <laughs> antlers, you know, it, that's that's perfect for Instagram. So. <laughs> yeah, you definitely, you know, definitely. Like, ask your buddy. It's like, hey, make make this thing look 200. Like, <laughs> and to be honest, that first picture on your Instagram is you're not sticking your arm out at yeah, all. So. I mean, like, yeah, not, kudos to the old boy that took your photo because that yeah. that deer's yeah he looks good. So oh, yeah. so I'm gonna kind of bounce off of that a little bit. You said that you know maybe he had you know 140 pounds on the hoof. Do you think that deer was a very old deer, or do you think? You know, it, it was it was kind of hard to hard to say. I mean, the locals around this area, I kind of got in with them a little bit just because I was down there so long and. <laughs> people started you know stopping and talking to me yeah just because they were like hey you've been here for a while what are you do- what are you doing yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are you here <laughs> right. why, why are you here um i know that there was a shed picked up off that deer last year and it, it looked like the one side was like a typical 10 pointer so i mean if you consider a deer you know it's recognizable three years old you know he's at least four yeah but i I can i can tell you this much i'm used to where i'm at like looking at looking at tracks you know on the ground Uh, i'm i'm used to like a three for my hand like a three and a quarter to three and a half finger buck track like that's that's big here you know that's what i'm looking for Hmm. i looked i don't know how long down there in the biggest track that i found was a three finger track and i was just like well i i guess i'm just like finding doe tracks i don't, I don't know what the heck's going on <laughs> um the buck that i shot his track was like two and a half fingers and then uh my buddy hunter who took those pictures he shot a buck down there and it was like two and three quarters so it was like a three finger track down there it seemed like it was a hammer yeah <laughs> you're not kidding you know? So they, they definitely had some small hooves down there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just, it's so, I mean, different from what I'm used to. But I, after, you know, getting a couple of deer on the ground and, you know, looking them over, it was just like, man, you know, a three-finger track is, I guess, big around here. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's interesting. Not, yeah. You know, not for a lack of rack, just lack of foot. Yeah. So was there a lot of ag around you or, like, more hardwoods, like, because around here, a bigger track would be like what you're describing by your area, but yeah. we also have a lot of ag. Yeah, um, right. farmland. Yeah, and I've noticed um, where there's not as much ag, it just seems like the hoof size isn't quite as big. And it can be deceiving on the size of the deer then, too. Right. See, this is this was ag land. Mm-hmm. And we're... I, I don't know if the deer's bodies are just smaller. I mean, like I said, I'm Could so be. unfamiliar with Kentucky. Right, yeah. Um, I hunt some hill country in Missouri, and I don't take tracks into consideration at all because it's more like a chert or like a flint type, yep. like soil type, and so their feet just get ground down. So it's just sure. like trying to you know yep. gauge a foot size, you know, to body size of deer. It's just yep. it doesn't make sense there. Yep. Well, that's we hunt a little bit of northern Kentucky, and I, I feel like the deer in northern Kentucky, basically like an hour over the river of the Ohio mm-hmm. River, I feel like they have they're pretty similar size to what we're used to. Yeah. So gotcha. it's funny how you go from one side of the state to the other, vice versa, and mm. your, your change, but. Right. But, uh, so 
the, I guess the big question that I have is, did you hunt that deer 20 days straight? Or, like, just get into that a little bit, or the 20-day process of hunting him. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So, I guess, um, so this was a, this was a tale of, of two deer, is what was going on here. Um, let's see. So, like I said, I, before, before I went down there, I knew, I knew what property it was going to be on. I didn't have any details about the, about the property. So I didn't do like any e-scouting or anything like that beforehand. I wanted to get down there and actually lay eyes on the property first and then start, you know, doing my e-scouting whenever I actually knew what it was that I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, the guy that gave me the lead, um, he was hunting this deer for like the first couple of days and he wanted me to come on over there and hunt the deer with him. But whenever I, you know, start out on a new property, you know, I, I need to find, you know, a, a general pattern. You know, I need to figure out what these deer are doing in general. So I, um, took the first, uh, day or two and i just drove around and just you know seeing what's what's what who's hunting where you know kind of what what the general hunting pressures is looking like not that it really ended up mattering that much um but just more trying trying to get an idea of what you know deer and sure bucks are doing and so day let's see it was day three um like i said there is there is a lot of ag in this area i was uh I was sitting up on an observation post, and I saw this this buck pop his head out of the or stand up in the soybeans, and all I could see was like his head and his antlers, and uh, he was laying right next to my car where I'd walked in, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's the it's the same thing that I'm I'm getting in Missouri, which is, you know, the the mature bucks are not around trees basically yeah yep. it was just like okay you know I've, I've dealt with this before here in missouri um so from there i figured you know they're standing corn i scouted you know a couple different corn fields i know there's deer living in the corn um but kind of what what i didn't really expect was all the deer that i that i'd found that were bedding in the beans so I guess here, let me back up for a second. So that was day three that I started to catch on to this, um, this pattern that, you know, deer were bedding in these, in these beans. beans. And I will say, so this, this must've been like a very particular situation between talking to the locals and also just driving around the whole area in general and looking at all the beans. Um, these beans were tall enough to where deer could like bed in it and feel safe. Yep. So like yep. more a familiar. Lot of, a lot of say what? I said we're familiar with that. Yeah, tall familiar beans. Familiar with that? Yep. When, yeah, well, yeah. I, I I haven't experienced this in Missouri. Like I'm used to like deer like bedding, you know, like somewhere else and moving to the beans. Mm, yep. Um I wasn't expecting these deer to be bedding in the beans, but I mean, you know, it it is what it is. Yep. So Day three, I started to figure that out. Day four is when I um, finally headed over to that area that these two bucks were living in. Um, so I guess to uh, 
to start out. I, I hadn't looked at, well, I had drove through this area one time. This area that I ended up hunting, um, I stayed in like a 300 acre section for the next 17 days. <laughs> and what I saw was just absolutely just mind blowing, miraculous, whatever, whatever you want to call it. What the, the, the kind of things that I got to watch, um, these deer do whenever they're in a place that they feel safe under a pressured situation, watching how these deer move, uh, you know, mature bucks yeah. move under, under those conditions and like, you know, living right next to the road, basically. Mm -hmm where everybody was just blowing by them and like looking out in the soybean field, not seeing anything and just, you know, driving on by, um, anywhere from that to watching, you know, some of these bucks, you know, had, you know, stalks put on them and, you know, you see the deer bump up and every single one that I saw, if it was a decently mature buck, you know, they, they made this uh, big, you know, loop and end up right behind the guy that was, you know, stalking them. It was, uh, that's awesome. They're smart. <laughs> that's why they're I, big. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can listen, you know, podcast after podcast after podcast, but until you actually, or you're, you're, you know, hear a million stories until you actually go out there and see these kind of things. Yeah. It, it just, it, it's not going to really, really resonate. So knowing that I kind of had this, uh, you know, this bean pattern in, in mind, um, I had, I had picked a spot that um, it was like right in between three rows or three roads. It was a soybean field and I had a nice little glassing spot and I, uh, I set up there. Let's see. It was like day four. I set up there in the evening and I had like, you know, this 125 inch eight pointer stand up, you know, out, out in front of me. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's cool. And that's, that's all I saw. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll set this again tomorrow, tomorrow morning and, you know, see what's up in here during daylight. And I got there at daylight and I didn't see any deer. I was like, well, that's interesting. I figured, you know, I would have caught something on its feet. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit here. And so I sit there and it's like, you know, daylight, 730, 830, 930. It's like 930 rolls around. And then all of a sudden, like two bucks stand up that have not stood up all morning. When most guys, like, when most guys are going, when they're leaving their stand yeah, and they're blind to go heading. get breakfast. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm just gonna, you know, sit here for a little while longer. And those deer, um, you know, they they bedded down, and then like two to two and a half hours later, they you know, they got up again and, you know, they moved around a little bit and then they laid right back down. I was like, well, this is like pretty cool to watch. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep on doing this. Cause I was like, cause this is something that I haven't seen before. Yeah. And I'm watching, you know, I'm right back on the same, same spot that evening. And I watch and one of these bucks, it's like that, th you know, that three year old 125 inch eight pointer. It's like in that. It's like a half hour before dark. This deer stands up, feeds around for like five minutes or so, and then lays back down until after dark. I'm like, really? Like this? This is getting like interesting. So I watch this for the next 
the next couple of days. I'm seeing, I'm seeing deer, you know, get up mid morning. Um, eventually I had, I had, uh, come to the conclusion that they were moving for two reasons, one sunlight and the second wind. Hmm. Um, and I guess to, well, to get like on the, like what I really learned from like seeing this is I didn't realize this and I talked about it with other people is that mature bucks, they don't move all like they don't move every evening. And that was something that was interesting to, to learn while I was down there. And I almost wish I didn't know this because now that I'm back in Missouri and I am (laughs) working again, it's kind of depressing but the best time that I saw to be out in the woods was somewhere between 8.30 and 10.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Every single day, these these bucks that I was watching, they would get up and do some sh- sort of a shift um, and bed out, bed down in a, in a new spot. Do you think that's from the day winds picking up? It's I'm not I'm not sure what what it is. I think it's a combination between the day winds picking up and then you know, sl- you know, moving bed position because of that. And I think because, you know, that sun gets up in the sky and, you know, because they're in the height of cover that they're in, if it gets, you know, straight overhead, you know, and they're kind of in an open spot, you know, their initial bed that they laid down, whenever that sun starts hitting them, they're like, oh, screw this. I'm going to go sit in the shade. And I don't blame them. It was like 96, 97 mm, degrees. Yeah, that makes days. sense. That makes sense. Um, so... Besides those lessons that I had that I had learned, I was sitting there. Um, let's see, it gets today. So I sat that platform for three days, and the fourth day I went back. I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this one more time. Then I'm, you know, because this is you know kind of fun. I'm gonna watch this one more time. Then I'm gonna start, you know, watching something else. And the fourth day I was there. Um, all of a sudden one of these uh two deer that we were hunting stands up out of the out of the soybeans and i'm like holy cow (laughs) (laughs) now we're talking um let's see so was it was it the one that you killed or was it the other one that you were hunting that stood up first uh, 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 this was the other one that i was that i was hunting so gotcha Actually, sorry, I keep on bouncing forward. I need to back up again. You're all right. So during these first three days of season that I'm trying to get things figured out, this buck that I that I end up killing, he got bumped twice and moved bedding areas. He actually, there's a little, like, island right next to the corn, and um, he got bumped out of that, out of that island twice, he moved to the beans and third day of season, this deer got shot by another another hunter and they had blood, you know, they came in, you know, they had a dog, you know, they tracked that dog for like two nights. Didn't come up. (laughs) I bet they did. Yeah. I would have tracked that dog for two nights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't blame them. Um, what was crazy is what the, the guy that, invited me down there um we saw this deer come through on the trail camera it was like you know late at night or whatever after dark and this was like the second night and then it wasn't you know i don't know how long it was afterwards there those guys came through with the dog 
And so we were able to call and be like, hey, that, you know, that deer is still alive. Mm. Um, and so after that, it, you know, everybody was, you know, all hands on deck, you know, hunting again. So, so where, did, where did he hit him? Um, let's see. Well, I can tell you now. I was going to tell you at the end. Um, well, if, if it saves, if it saves her a good story, save it. If, but... <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you at the end. Okay. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's pretty interesting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Save so, it. um, so with this, with this other deer, um, so this was the fourth day that I had sat these beans and finally he showed up. Um, let's see, there was, there was another guy there that had got there like around the same time. He was like leaving that day. I forget what state he was from, but he had, he had ended up seeing this bigger deer too. And so he was like, Hey, I'm leaving today. Like, I really want to put a stock on this thing. And I'm just like very begrudgingly like, okay, it's like, you know, do what you, you know, got to do. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you or nothing. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to watch. Um, That's a smart move, this, honestly. Well, the, the guy, I, I, I knew there was, there was no chance of this guy getting a shot at this deer because <laughs> literally. Just go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, like. <laughs> Like, you're like, yeah, go for it. I mean, like, that's, you know, you have to. to yeah, you don't have a choice when you're leaving. Well, well, this deer is, he's literally, whenever he's standing up, like, his main beans and his tines are sticking out of the soybeans, and that's it. It's just like, how are you expecting you're going to get a shot at this Yeah, because the beans were so tall, yeah. Yeah, because the beans were so tall. So, he ended up getting really close to the deer. I mean, it was nerve wracking watching because I was like, oh man, you're getting close. <laughs> um, but he ended up bumping the deer and then I got on the, and then I got on the deer, um, that day and I got, I actually ended up, I managed to get ahead of the deer and I was sitting at like 40 yards forever. And then 11 o'clock hit and this deer stood up and he moved beds like maybe no he no he didn't actually he just moved he moved like 20 or 30 yards away from me and i already been sitting on this deer here for a couple hours so i was like i was like okay i'm just you know i'm gonna go ahead and make a move you know try to get you know a little bit closer you know within my comfortable range and uh and i did and i knew i was close but I had this whole, while I was sitting there, less than 20 yards away from this deer, bedded in the beans, I had this whole moral dilemma of, how am I even going to shoot this thing? <laughs> I was like, I was like, am I going to shoot this deer in the neck, or am I just going to, like, guess and shoot through the beans? So what, could you, what could you see at 20 so, yards? What was visible? So at, at that time, nothing, because he was bedded down. Mm. But whenever that deer stood up all i could see was his neck and his head and he did he did this all in one all in one motion he stood up looked at me and then you know <laughs> blew and, and took off and i was just like okay well that was like i should have just backed out because i knew i wasn't gonna get a- any bit of an ethical shot mm. but i mean you know that deer he was not he was not small <laughs> you know by any means i was gonna ask um, you what did you guesstimate this deer that you were chasing to be for size uh this other one mm. he was probably right around the 170 mark mm, wow um 
I don't. He might have been high sixties. It's kind of sure. hard to. It's kind of hard to say. He was yeah. like a mainframe eleven. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, really long G fours. Hmm. So, let's see what what else had happened. So I guess to <clears throat> kind of let's see. So over the next let's see. So that was like the like the fourth or no, that was like seventh day season. It's some somewhere between like there and day seventeen. And this whole time I had this buck was coming out in into the beans and bedding in the beans once every four days. Really? Yep. The other three days he was bedding and living in the corn. Sure. Gotcha. And so you know, I don't, I don't have any trail cameras myself, and honestly, it wouldn't have helped me at all, you know, with with this situation. Um, but basically, my day in and day out on these deer was I would get to my glassing spot, you know, at daylight, and then I would sit there until eleven o'clock. Um, that way, just in case I missed something, whenever it stood up the first time, you know, I could catch it, you know, whenever it stood up again, you know, right, right around 11, it seemed like every day the deer would stand up uh, again for just a split second. Um, and then it seems like after that, they were, they were laid down for a long time until, until something like mid evening, or if they did get up and, you know, do an evening movement. Uh, um, but over, over those, over those days, I had four separate encounters with this buck and I was in within bow range of this deer for 15 plus hours. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> I never had a clear shot at this deer. Hmm. Just, this just deer, because of the beans. Just because of the beans. This buck never got out of any, any beans that he was less than eyeball deep in. Like if he could see out of the beans, like he felt like he was in danger. Um, I believe it. So the last opportunity that I had on this deer, um, it was just, you know, a weekday. I had seen, I had seen this deer get up, um, at like, you know, eight, eight thirty or something in the morning. And I moved in. I thought I was pretty close to where he was, but the wind was not that great that day. So I had to sit back a little bit. He got back up at 11 and I sat there until it got to 630 that evening. So I was sitting in the beans all day on this deer because I had seen him bed once here before and he crossed a ditch that was out in these beans that I could actually like, you know, shoot in. Yeah. Um, so that was my whole evening plan. I was like, okay, if this deer does his evening movement, like he did the other day, he's going to cross this ditch. You know, whenever he starts moving, I'm going to, I'm going to be moving, kind of slide my wind right by him and I'm going to shoot him right as soon as he gets in this ditch. Wow. So, well, that, that didn't happen. Um, there was uh, three guys that uh, were that were locals, and I don't know if they saw me or if they saw the deer. Like while I was down, you know, ducking these other guys that were driving around. <laughs> but at six thirty in the evening, all of a sudden, I had three guys waiting in on me, sitting on this deer, and they were walking through the beans. To say what? They were walking in the beans towards you. Yeah, well, they had they had seen the they had seen the deer, and so they were walking. You know, they were stalking into the beans 
Um, completely wrong wind direction. That's you know besides the point. Um, but it's uh, always classic dudes like yeah, that just ruin your like they don't have any clue what's going looking, on. You've been watching this dude for eighteen days, and you just have some dudes walking. <laughs> some through the random dudes just. <laughs> Let's go get them, boys! <laughs> yeah, let's, go, let's go get them. Well, I, I stood up, and I stood up so they could see me, and I, I saw two of them. I didn't even know there was a third one there until later. But he was the best saw, one, then. Right? <laughs> I, saw, I saw two of them, and I looked at them, and they looked at me, and then looked at each other, and looked down, and went back to stalking. So I was like, wow, really? this is fun. Um, public land. So, yeah, hey, Jace. So were you were you hunting on the ground throughout this whole yes. situation? Uh, so kind of half and half. Oh, sorry, I didn't I didn't explain what my whole day was. So, um, so in the mornings I would sit from daylight to eleven o'clock to see if that if that other deer was in the beans, and if he wasn't, my other option is was okay. This deer and the other deer that I'm hunting are both in the corn. And mm. every single evening I hunted in or around the corn, um, specifically hunting for this other deer because I had a pretty good idea of where he was in the corn. Mm-hmm. And there is this water hole, um, on one side of it that I, that I made a bunch of sits on and mm. I could have shot a bunch of deer, you know, coming out of this bedding area that was in the corn, you know, coming to that water hole, but it just was never, um, that big guy just never made it to me in time. Um, so, you know, hunting for that, you know, that deer every day in the, in the evenings is, is how, is how it was going. So basically hunt for number two in the morning and then number one in the evening. That was my, that was my daily thing. Um, let's see. Sorry, I got, I got lost again. No, you're all right. A lot to you, go over. <laughs> you, you were just in the middle of telling us that those three guys were coming through the beans. Oh yeah, so these three guys are coming through the beans, and so they're you know coming at the deer. I can't even see the deer; it's laying down. Um, so they're moving in on the deer. So I was like, well, I'm not just gonna sit here. So I'm gonna <laughs> you know start moving towards where I think this buck's gonna bump out to, and uh, and I start to make my move, and so I. I'm starting to move, and so they move quicker than I move quicker, and they <laughs> move even quicker, and then they, you know, end up busting the deer out, and it comes, you know, charging by me at, you know, 40 yards, and, mm. and I just watch him, you know, go around in the corn, and I'm just like, you know, wow. Um, mm. So, let's see. After that, I think that was day, I don't remember what, what day that was. Um... But I think you had you had talked to me earlier. You were gonna ask me about like some of the like mental mental struggles while going through all this. Yeah, yeah. Was that was that right? No, yeah. We we had a couple topics that we wanted to cover. I think that was your topic, Kevin. So go yeah. ahead and go ahead and touch base on that. So how did you stay mentally focused? I mean, I know you're chasing now. I know that you're chasing two big deer, two booners. But right. how do you stay mentally focused for this amount of time? And it sounds like the hunting pressure was kind of high on these deer because you had some people from out of state after them and uh, some locals, locals for sure after yeah. them. So yeah, it sounds like just those locals, like there was three other people um, that were hunting on the public where these were and the private bordering 
Um, so there was a lot of guys after these deer. So yeah. if you had to take a just take a dart and you know throw it in the board, how many people were hunting this deer? How many people knew about this deer while you were hunting him? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I guess I was the ninth person. Yeah. Lucky number nine. Yeah, lucky number nine. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah, actually, no, sorry, can't. Um, mm. I just saw somebody else. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so with the ten people, including yourself, that were hunting, that was hunting these two deer, how, mm-hmm. going back to the question, how did you stay mentally sane? How did you not just pack up camp and say, you know what, boys, I had a good run. I'm going home. <laughs> well, um, so this is the first time I've like ever hunted this long. Um, the hardest days mentally for me were days 14, 15, and 16. Mm. Couldn't tell you why. Um, but part like the whole thing I was telling myself is – is like, you know, while, while I'm out here, I, I, I'm kind of guilty of this as well. I know, you know, other people, you know, experience some of the same things, but like, as far as like getting burnt out, it's like, there's, and, and I think this, this actually helped me in Kentucky, not knowing like what else, you know, was out there, you know, not having, you know, gone in the spring and, you know, just yeah, found you yeah. know, spots, you know, in the woods and whatnot where I could be hunting, you know, the, mm-hmm. those are some things that are going through your head. That's something I'm dealing with in Missouri right now. Um, basically like my, like I, I really want to like, it, it takes all of me to not want to like go bounce around and, you know, go find, you know, other other deer because i i had other deer you know located from the first three days that you know on any given you know other out-of-state hunt would have been a would have been a shooter um but whenever i started having those thoughts it just came to mind i was just like okay this is this is what separates like you know the people that are going to, you know the guy that is going to get this deer and the people that are not going to get this deer mm-hmm. yeah and so i just kept on telling myself the whole time mm-hmm. i was like stay the course i was like that's the that's what i was telling myself th- through those days even though you know no matter how bad you know i love scouting you know i love going obviously yeah, I wanted to go look at, you know, other stuff and, and, you know, hunt other things and, you know, other sets that I was, you know, excited about, you know, something that I'd maybe seen on the map, you know, like, Ooh, you know, that looks like a good spot. You know, I'll go hunt it one day. Yeah. Um, all those things that I wanted to, that I wanted to do, I couldn't do any of those things because it would just take away from, you know, my focus, you know, towards these deer. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, like part of, uh, oh, I don't know if this is going to happen every time I'm on a 20 day hunt, but the grind got, you know, so real during those couple of days. I mean, I'm talking like, like real man tears, you know, were coming out. <laughs> no, I, I love that. That's dude, great. honestly, like I respect the heck out of it's that. Just the frustration. Yeah. Just... Oh, Jesus. I mean, so like, as far as like that, that, like I was like starting to get teared up like whenever it got to like day 10 mm. and i had still you know not shot this deer you know i had you know gotten with it within range of twice and i wanted it so bad that i was in tears but whenever we got to 
like day 14, 15, 16, 17, I was like, oh, this is like, like, not like I want to, like, I don't even know what, what this is now. You know, it's something, something new that I'd never experienced before. Um, <laughs> you're, which, you're, you know, you're in the grieving well. process. You're past these, uh, the tears part. You're <laughs> later into the grieving process. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but you know, after, after day 16, I think whenever day 17 hit, I had decided that there was no way that I was going to leave without, you know, one of these deer, you know, leaving with me. That was and, honestly, that was going to be my next question was what, what was going to be the limit? Yes. <laughs> like when, when were you going to draw the line? If you had thought about that, <laughs> I don't think the... he was going to, <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd still be out well, the beans right now. So it's, you know, some of those days, it's just like, oh, man, you know, I've been out here for a while. You know, Missouri's opening up, and, you know, part of getting burnt out is, like, let, like allowing yourself, like, um, to think about, like, quitting. Yep, yep. It's like, that's – and I, I realize, like, not – you know, it, it, it takes a very special special situation to, to just be able, like, okay, I'm staying until the job's done. But whenever – I woke up that morning and I was like, I'm leaving with one of these deer no matter what. All of a sudden I was fine. Your mind Cause it was just changed. like the, the, the thought of like going home without the deer, the thought of like, you know, going, you know, somewhere else and hunting somewhere else and, you know, wondering what the hell was going on there. You know, that was out of the equation. Mm-hmm. It was, I'm hunting this area and there's nowhere else I'm going to hunt. There's nothing else I'm going to think about. And I'm going to leave with one of these deer. And whenever I got that th- thought across to my brain, all of a sudden everything was everything was peachy. Everything was fine. So I had like a couple day breakdown there. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I said, after after that, whenever you know my mind kind of knew that. It's like okay, like we're we're in this. Like there's no, you know, there's no quitting. There's no giving up at this point. Yeah, um, it was actually a lot more enjoyable for me at that point. Hmm. That's a unique story I, for deer hunters. I mean, that's a like elk hunters. I I could see that like kind of backpacking, story yeah, but not somebody hunting a white eastern yeah, white tail. That's that's unique, <laughs> dude. For you, sure, yeah, a lot of respect gained from listening to you in the last. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's insane. Most guys are like three days tops. So yeah, yeah. most most guys that take like a rutcation, you yeah. know, for a week plus a weekend or so, they usually take the know. last day off because they're tired. Well, yeah. that, or like if they have some bad weather or something, they yeah. they just check out because they're like, well, I got another day, or mm-hmm. you know, I'm burnt out, I'm not seeing right. anything. But you know, 17 days, that's yeah. a grind, man. Dude, that's mental. I, that's I mean, you've got a that's strong mentally. You yeah, know, like you've gone past what most of the guys. Would go ninety nine percent of the hunters exactly. would not have done that. Yeah, yeah. brother, I'm, I'm telling you what, I was pulling new cookies out of the cookie jar. I didn't even know those were in there. <laughs> <laughs> they were moldy and expired. <laughs> That's what kept you going was <laughs> them funky cookies. <laughs> oh, That's good. So, um, let's let's get in. Unless you have any other questions, Kevin, I'm, let's I'm get good. into the kill. So, day seventeen. 
let's get into the next the, the next couple days on what you did to make that final transition to kill this deer. All right, so uh, like I said, that deer had got shot the third day of season, and there had been trail camera pictures taken of that deer up until the 11th of September. Um, I think I ended up killing on like the 22nd or something. Mm. Um, so I think it was, like I said, day 17, 18 rolls around and I'm doing my usual morning thing. I'm sitting there. It's the fourth day. I'm sitting back on these beans. And by the way, this buck, every day he's been the beans, he's got bumped out by somebody and he just keeps on coming back. Hmm. Well, the fourth time whenever, you know, those three guys and me were all circling this deer. Um, it made me a little bit nervous, but I was like, I'm, I'm staying the course. I'm going to do the same thing, you know, I've, I've been doing here. So I sat there that morning, it got to 11 o'clock and in this midst, I had, I had passed up 150 inch eight pointer. Wow. <laughs> So I was like, I know a guy that did the same thing, but he didn't know it was a uh, 150 inches sitting next to him. He's, he's like, <laughs> but he wasn't chasing a 180. Well, yeah, you were. Never mind. Anyway, it's just you're just you sound crazy for doing that, but yeah. That's... Well, I, so this was there was one there was one morning the whole time I was there that at daylight there was a mature buck up on its feet. It was foggy. I couldn't tell what deer it was because honestly, this eight pointer and this other deer I was chasing around mm-hmm. at a distance, you couldn't tell them apart because their cages were the same size. Wow. Um, so I had seen this deer out in the beans and finally I had found a, a buck that was actually in a good spot to make a stock on him, And like in a spot to where whenever this deer stood up, um, you know, somewhere around that, you know, eight thirty, you know, nine o'clock, whatever marker. Um, I was actually going to get a shot at this deer. I was like, Oh my God, I don't know if it's this eight pointer. I don't know mm. if it's this other deer, but I'm going. So yeah. I went ahead. I put the stock on that deer. Um, he got up, it was like 40 yards and which is right at the end, edge of my com- comfortable range. Mm-hmm. And um, the only thing that went through my head was, oh man, it's not, you know, the one I'm chasing. Yeah. And I watched him, he walked a couple steps and he laid, he laid back down. I was like, ah, well, I guess I'm going to go back to my vehicle. And then <laughs> for the rest of that day, I had this whole ball of dilemmas of, should I go shoot this 150 inch eight pointer? Um, <laughs> yeah. but I was like, I was like, nope, we're staying the course. Good for you. Um, That's... so that day it got to 11 o'clock and that deer wasn't out there, but it was the fourth day. I just knew that that deer was somewhere out in the beans. There was other parts of the beans that I couldn't, that I couldn't see that I wasn't viewing. Um, so I hopped in my car and I go drive, drive around. Cause I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if I should, you know, stay here for a couple more hours and like put eyes on this, these other beans just to see if he's out here and i drive around and one of the local guys um that i know from the area he's walking back to his truck i can see him from a distance out and i'm like oh i wonder what he's doing and so i go over there and it's like 11 10 
and I go up to him and he's all, you know, adrenaline up, you know, bug eyed out. And I'm just like, what happened? And he's just like, man, I just shot that big 11 pointer. And I'm like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. <laughs> um, so come to, come to find out that night, um, brought the dog in, couldn't find anything with the, with the dog or, um, you know, no blood, couldn't find the arrow, couldn't find anything. So I spent a whole day thinking that deer was dead and didn't know where this other one was. And then at like two o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden the deer's still alive. So, you know, game on again. And I'm just like, okay, well, I've seen these deer get bumped out of these soybeans a million times and they just, they keep on coming right back. So there was, um, the original um, island of trees that that really big buck had gotten bumped out of, and I was just like, you know what? Just in case, I was like, because there hadn't been anybody in there in a while. I was like, just in case, I'm going to slide up here on this island to where I can um, shoot any deer that are coming into this island to bed in the morning, um, if that was going to be a thing. But I also left a lane that I could view out into the beans, and it was a new lane. Um, so let's see. That guy, you know, shot that deer. So the next day, um, I go in, scout that, you know, hang up my tree stand, whatnot. I'm getting getting ready for the next morning because we have a cold front rolling in. And I get in my stand the next morning. Cold front's rolling in, and. You know, I got does freaking, you know, frolicking all around. You know, they're jumping up and down. You know, they're happy. It's, it's you know, cooling off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 730 uh, in the morning, I look out in my one lane going out into the beans. Um, it wasn't probably, but, you know, 150 yards from where that guy had shot that deer just, you know, two days, that other deer two days prior. And I look out in the beans and I see a freaking cage sticking up. And I'm like, I'm like, that's him. That's my big 11 pointer. And I put the glass on him. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, that is the buck that we call crabs. I was like, and he's in a good position to stock. And I fly out of my tree. Um, and I go and I run, run back to my car. Um, stand on top of my car for probably 10 or 15 minutes and get a good wind direction. Um, I, I had marked, you know, made some mental, mental notes about where this deer was out, out in the, out in the beans. And I had my wind direction. And so, um, I drove around and this buck was bedding about 70 yards off the road in the beans and um so all i had to do was walk about 40 yards into the beans hit a row and there was a bunch of wind that day you know strong north wind you know you, you guys know how cold fronts are yep, yep. um so i'd stalked like 40 yards in the beans and 30 yards over and i thought that was going to put me like within 40 yards of this buck and at whenever i sat down um, it got all set up. It was eight thirty in the morning, and I was like, I was like, all right, I was like, this deer, if he's done anything like any other mature buck that I've seen this entire time I've been here, he's gonna stand up at eleven. I was like, and that's gonna be my opportunity. Huh. So, 
you know, I get there eight thirty, you know, nine thirty, ten thirty comes by, it's like ten fifty eight, and I look down at my phone and I'm like, I'm still sitting there, you know, I'm on one knee the whole time so I can see, you know, above the beans. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm looking out in the direction that I'm thinking this buck's gonna stand up in and then I'm sitting there, I'm staring, and then all of a sudden, just like out of nowhere, I just notice a new shape over to my right. And I look, and 20 yard, 29 yards away to my right, this buck just stood up. And <laughs> Oh, my. That's so close. Right? From 8.30 to 11, dude, you must have been quiet. <laughs> that is wild. He was only 30 yards away. You know, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. You can actually get away with like more sound mm, whenever right, the wind, when the beans are blowing. Right, exactly. Yeah. You can get away with more sound than what you than mm. what you think. Sure. Yeah. Um, that, that's something I see some people do sometimes. Is that you have to pick like a good like whenever you are doing a stalk on a deer, um, you have to pick a good medium between quiet and fast because. Mm. You know, sound is obviously going to get a deer's attention, but if it sees you, then you're done for sure. Yeah. So I would rather get to my spot and get, like, down out of sight before this deer stands up and then sees me, mm. um, rather than go slow, not be heard, but, you know, be standing up for, you know, more time for this sure. deer to, you know, also stand up and see me standing there. Um so getting to my spot, I, I wasn't that slow. Like, I don't know if I could put a speed on it or sure. something, but, um, but I mean, I, I got there, I got there fairly, what, what I would call fairly quick. Yeah. Um, like I said, set up, he stood up and I can tell where, where he was at. Um, he, he was standing like his, his whole body, he was standing in the open just like I had seen from, you know, my observation stand. Um, but from my angle, there was beans in between me and this deer. So what I, what I did was I waited for this buck. He, you know, put his, he stood up, you know, looked around for danger for, you know, a minute or two. And then he put his head back down and he started feeding. And then that's when I stood up and I drew my bow. And honestly, all I could really see was like the top of the deer's back, and then obviously, you know, whenever the deer was standing, you know, head upright, then I could see, you know, the neck and the head. Mm-hmm. So, um, this kind of comes back to this whole moral dilemma of like, what do you, what do you do, um, you know, with this situation? Because you know, shooting them in the body, you know, isn't, um, you know, you can't see what you're shooting at, yeah, you know, right. with some of these deer. So you have to make a decision. Have to make a decision. I'm not about to shoot a deer in the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm going to do, or what I what I did was, I stood there while this buck was standing there feeding, head down. Um, I stood there for about a minute at full draw. <laughs> nice. And this deer finally it poked its head all the way up, and so it's standing upright, and I knew. If anything, I did not want to be close to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, if anything, I want to shoot this deer more towards the middle of the body, and it's better to be low than high. Yeah. So 
I went to where, you know, I thought the shoulder was, you know, brought my pin down kind of towards the middle of the body and I took my shot mm-hmm. and I heard it, it hit a couple bean stalks and then I heard it impact the deer and he took off running and I got the binos on him. I'm looking, I don't see a hole or nothing mm-hmm. and he stops and he's all hunched up out there and I was like, okay, I know I hit this deer. I was like, it seems like I hit him like, all right, but I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to put another arrow in this deer. That's so smart. like yeah, earlier, what's that? I said, that's smart. I like, I like that. Yeah. So like my, my normal comfortable shooting range is like 40 yards and in, mm-hmm. although I have my bow and I have the capabilities, you know, you know, set up to shoot out to a hundred yards. Sure. Just for like specifically this situation, if Follow I have shots, a deer, yeah that has an arrow in it and he's less than a hundred yards, mm-hmm. I am going to fire another arrow. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. Um, so this deer stops, he's quartered away out there. He's quartered away pretty hard. I range him at 63, um, dial my side in and, uh, stand back, you know, draw my bow, stand back up. And, uh, I mean, I just absolutely pounded him that time. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, that's sweet. That's great. He, uh, I didn't see him fall, but he ran, his, like, mouth was open, his tongue was hanging out, and he ran into, like, a, a little, you know, a little patch of CRP, and then that's when I just absolutely lost my mind. <laughs> I, yeah, I, bet. Too, yeah. I bet. I bet. I was calm all the way up until that point, whenever I saw him go into the CRP, but whenever I saw that second arrow hit him, yeah um and i saw you know the way he was acting i was just like that <laughs> yeah that, that buck is mine <laughs> it's yeah. better to be shaking then than when you're at full draw yeah, exactly. so that's yeah. the best situation you can have on a deer <laughs> right it's awesome mean, you talk about you know like all the adrenaline from that whole you've been saving it for drama. 17 days <laughs> 20 days yeah, yeah. 20 days yeah. and jeez, it hit, it hit me all at once and i'm telling you what it hit me like a freaking freight train <laughs> I couldn't even imagine Dude, that no. adrenaline rush that, that you dog. went through. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I, I can't even explain it, but yep. no, I was I was gonna I was gonna give the deer a little bit of time, but um, <laughs> I just texted my buddies that you know I told them what was going on. They're like, "We'll go ahead and get your deer." I was like, "Yeah, I need to give them a little bit of time." They're like, "Well, you pound them, right?" I was like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> They're like, "Well, go get them." I was like, eh. "Okay." So after forty five. <laughs> After 45 minutes, um, I went up there to the edge of the CRP, and he was laying 10 yards inside the CRP. Dude, that's awesome. Right there. Dude, that that's is awesome. That's that is sweet. Wild. So that deer had three arrows in him at one. <laughs> By the end of the day, he had three yeah. arrows in him. So where did? Oh yeah. Where did he get hit? Yeah. So that first shot, that deer was in velvet, and he got hit in the rack. Oh what? my gosh! <laughs> yeah, his left. So his left G two has a broadhead blade mark in it, <laughs> and those guys had blood from that from his and antler, that dog had, <laughs> right? From an antler, and that dog had tracked that deer for two days just on that hit. Oh my gosh! That's, That's a good dog. Yeah. That's a real good yeah, dog. No, that that dog was like for real. <laughs> Bloodhound. Oh, for I see sure. it. Wow. I think I see it. You said his left what? His left G G two. His left G two. Um, I don't know if it could if 
it would be anywhere in the pictures, but it's a it's that split tine. It's basically what would be like his mainframe G two. It's on the backside. Mm. Gotcha. I don't think I posted any pictures of no, it. No, I was looking at your Instagram and I couldn't tell, but I believe you. We believe you. That's wild, dude. Man. That is nuts. Like that it's a great is story. that is honestly one of the craziest whitetail stories that I have ever heard. Mm-hmm. Like just uh, from start to finish, that is insane. Yeah. So one thing that I think sets you apart is you seem to do more scouting and you stay through there, like through the dead part of the day when most people would get up and leave. You sat there and patterned these deer. You were able to watch other people go in there and spot and stalk and how the deer would come back, you know, circle back circle. to where they were. Yeah, backtrack. And you took all that into account for your your game plan then in the end and stuff too. I think that really helped. Yeah, for sure. I mean – the so like the first so like those first three days that i was in that general area i had watched let's see it was like four like four or five different people stock like you know what one deer cut well i guess it was like two two no it was three different bucks um and i i was just playing watcher and i realized how fun it it was and how much more information I got from just watching. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it was, it was really cool to see, um, you know, different people, um, and different styles of, of stalking and seeing and kind of, cause you know, I've never, I've never stalked in, you know, beings that are like that. Yeah. Um, the one, uh, out of state guy that put, you know, a stock on that, on that other one I was after, you know, he had a completely different way of going about things. I wouldn't even have thought, um, you know, what he was doing would, would, would even be possible. It's like, it's just freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my, uh, my buddy, my roommate Hunter, you know, he came, he came down there and he actually, um, you know, after he shot his deer, um, the next day he went on a stock with me um, you know, for this, for this other deer I was chasing after and, you know, kind of getting to see, you know, what he did, you know, differently. That was really cool to see, you know, to see and learn also yeah. and to take what I had seen out there and then take, you know, what I had seen other people do and then take what I know and to kind of mix that all together and for it all that comes, you know, together in the end. And I basically, I, I'm not gonna say I called my shot, but you know, I I had a good idea of what that deer was going to do and when I was going to have my opportunity before I even put a stock on that deer. Right. Um, and that was that was really cool, you know, getting to watch, you know, those things, you know, consistent day in and day out, and, you know, for it, you know, for another mature buck to do that same thing, you know, which was get up sometime in the morning and then get up again, you know, at eleven o'clock. Um, and just mill around for a couple minutes. Um, yeah, well, I find yeah. I find most impressive is like <laughs> I'd been in trouble because I'd be looking at TikToks the whole time, and you're looking out and you're actually <laughs> looking for deer because you're literally your window for to see him is like a couple like minute or two, and yep. I would be asleep or I'd be watching TikToks, <laughs> and I'm impressed that YouTube you know, would be. I yeah. mean, it'd be a problem, but like not to toot your horn, but it sounds like you're literally the whole time. 
besides glancing at your phone for like the times and stuff, you're literally looking at the beans for hours and hours just and looking hours. Just for movement. Just on, looking to for, stand up. Yeah. I have ADHD. I don't think that I could honestly do that. So kudos to you. That's that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm telling you what, the last day I was on that bean field, I was sitting there doing my normal thing, which is I. I mean, honestly, I didn't really have to glass that much with my binoculars, so I, I could just pick them up with my eyeballs. Mm you know, 90% of the time. So a lot of the time it was just, you know, sitting there and, well, exactly how it sounds, just watching. Yeah, yeah. you'd have to. Because yeah. there's only a two-minute window yeah, to see that if buck. You, if you get it, sidetracked it, it on that. your phone, yeah. you're, you're going to lose it because he's going to stand up for 30 seconds. Yeah. And your 30-second TikTok just ruined your whole day, you know? <laughs> wow. I mean, I got I got up once to, I mean, it was it was that eight-pointer, but I, I got up once. I was going to go get a drink of water out of my car, and I was, like, so paranoid that, like, something was going to stand up while I was gone. I actually went over to my car, and I got some water. I was going to go back to my observation set, and I get to my car, and I had this weird feeling. I stood up on top of my car, and one of those damn bucks was standing oh up. Oh, my like, gosh, of course. <laughs> the minute you leave, yeah. It's because yeah, they were watching you go I, to your car to get a water. Like, yeah, right, we can stand up for a yeah. second. He's in his car. Stretch your legs, gentlemen. Stretch your legs. Everybody's, yeah. Three, two, one, everybody stand up, and then back down. Quick. Crazy. So I have a couple questions before we wrap it up. Just I wrote down a couple things that I noticed that you mentioned. So um, when the deer, when the bucks that you were chasing your targets, when they got bumped, I'm curious how far did they move after getting bumped? And then my next question is you said that it almost, it seemed like every fourth day that that deer would be in the beans. Was it, was it a time thing, like every every four days on the on the dot, or was it a wind-based thing that he was in the beans? I, I can tell you, it wasn't a wind-based thing. Hmm. Um, it was more of a, it was more of just like that's like where his cycle like ended him up. Gotcha. Like so every, he was on every, like a four-day cycle then, for real. Yeah. Yes, he was like on a four-day cycle. There was there was one time. Let's see, where are we? First got on, there's actually, he was there, and then he got bumped. He skipped a day, and then he was back, and then he started doing his four-day thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I saw him five times, but I was, you know, like like I said, I put four stocks on him. Um, did I answer your question? Sorry. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, no, it was good. My other question was just how far they generally moved after being bumped. Oh. So, I mean, usually, like with that deer, if he got bumped somewhere in the beans, he would be 70 to 100 yards away from that whenever he showed back up in the beans. Gotcha. So really not so, that far. Not that far, really. No, 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 not at all. And the other deer that, like, so that I knew of, like, a couple a couple other deer that, like, they didn't, they didn't leave the beans no matter what. Um I don't know if there was, I don't know if there was, like, deer that were, like, avoiding the buck I shot, but there was, it definitely seemed like there could have, you know, been a couple more deer that, you know, fit in this, you know, huge piece of corn, but it just seemed like one of those, one or two or, you know, both of those, you know, bigger ones were in there, and then there was, like, some subordinate deer, which were still, you know, nice deer, but they are living in the beans the whole time, um, 
those deer, they did the same thing. Um, they would do a circle, um, you know, immediately after they got bumped. And then like the next day, they, they're probably not going to be exactly where they got bumped, but they're going to be somewhere, you know, 70 to a hundred yards away on average. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, they, the stuff you yeah, said, they, like the stuff, the things you said, like I've heard, like about what big bucks do that most people don't believe, but literally like you've, you've gone over the things you've checked big, off every you've checked checklist off every like yeah. conspiracy theory about what bucks do mature deer yes yeah. like and it's just like it's just cool to hear like you know the 11 o'clock they're up they stand up they sit down, you know what i mean like yeah you hear all of those things they're like ah is that true or not literally you watched mature deer for 20 days and like every and they were consistently doing you know what people what people say that they do and it was that's awesome the coolest thing that i found in this podcast or one of the coolest was that that deer that you ended up killing was only 70 yards off the road yeah because i've been told by so many like well-known bow hunters that sometimes it's not always i mean everything's situational but most guys that are real serious will tell you if you go 100 yards off the road you've gone too far Hmm. and especially in a pressured area yeah and and it, it makes sense, dude. But like sometimes you just gotta grit grit your teeth because you think, oh, I gotta go two miles back in this place to get away from pressure. But sometimes them big bucks want to know when mm. the pressure's in there, and that's why they, <laughs> they like to watch the cars park themselves in the morning. No, for real. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the truth, though. That's why they that's yeah. why they bed so yep. close to the access. So well, doesn't Dan Infault call him like the fat girl tree? Like you don't want to be seen in that tree, but that's a tree you gotta be in. <laughs> yeah, it's normally mm-hmm. at a parking lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, my observation set, um, I was clearly visible from the road. I was going to ask you that how far away your observation sets were from the road. And they obviously weren't very far from the road. No, it was right there, right right next to the road. I mean, anybody driving by could see me, you know. You know, sitting there, standing there. Wow. They probably know. thought that crazy out of stater. <laughs> he doesn't know how to hunt. He, he got no clue what he's doing. Oh, boys, 50 yards off the road and probably a tree no bigger than your waist. <laughs> and they're probably just like, this guy, he don't know what he's talking about. And he's literally, he's watching 370-inch deer <laughs> yeah. at a time. It's insane, That's dude. That's awesome. Kudos hey, to you, man. Uh, quick question. Did your Would your first shot have killed the deer? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so gotcha. I end up hitting the deer, middle of the body, mm-hmm. um, and just like a touch lower than I meant to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was I don't know, probably about like a third of the way up the body. Gotcha, cool. Yeah, obviously that second shot did him in for sure. I just was, I was curious um, yeah, how that sure. first shot went. But that's, that's awesome. That's, that's great. That's great. So, Dude, I appreciate you coming on and. I definitely am going to be texting you a little bit more often. <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit selfish because, dude, you 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 know you know you know how to hunt. That's yeah, awesome, man. I could definitely learn a thing or two from yeah. you, and I appreciate. Well, I mean, it. I mean all, all of us are still learning. It's just like mm-hmm. now, like for for me, you know, kind of going back to what I said. It's like I, I almost wish I didn't know, you know, what what I know now. It's just like how is how is this what I saw in Kentucky? How is this going to translate here? Yeah, and yeah. it's like what, what I was also saying about, it's like, you can listen to a podcast a million times again until you've actually seen something you don't know. Yep, yep. I'm listening to this podcast is like the first one that Andre D'Aquisto did. And I don't know how many times I've listened to it, hmm. but as soon as I got done with Kentucky, 
I started hearing things that I had never heard before mm -hmm. and I just had to turn the podcast off. I was like, okay, this is like, this is too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, one burning question. Are you self-employed? What's yeah, going he, on? He did, did say that earlier. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I was, I yes, I am, am self-employed. Like Good I said, still, uh, still trying to figure it out as far yeah. as what I'm doing exactly, but, uh, but I'm on you know, basically evenings only. So I'm, I'm working just like everybody else right now. Good deal, man. That's awesome. Dude, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Great, great. Well, so, Kev, right. do you have anything or? I'm good. I just, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and I got a lot out of this and I'm sure, yeah. you know, listeners will too. Yeah. So. Yeah. One more time, Jace, just let everybody know where they can find you or where they can see your, uh, your platforms and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, my name is Jace Allen. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, it's just first name, last name. And uh, then on Instagram, um, you can search my name or Nature of the Beast. That's my Instagram handle. Sweet. Cool. Well, we appreciate you. Yeah, very much. Heck yeah, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, yeah that was a great conversation. No, that was that was awesome. Thank you. For sure. So, all righty. Well, stay on here, Jason. I'm going to close yep. it out, and then we'll, we can finish up. But. Uh, Yep, sounds good. All right, guys, doesn't matter what you've done in the past, you can always be born again, and born again is out. Peace.